You're listening to the Laugh Factory Podcast Network. For more shows, visit the podcast page at laughfactory.com. It's the after laugh, after laugh. Welcome to the after laugh, after laugh, after laugh. After laugh, man. <laughs> Go ahead, pull hey guys, welcome to the after laugh. I'm here with my good friend. Kim, and by the way, this 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 there's gonna be people coming in screaming and yelling. There's a there's a big mess of fucking people here. Anyway, but anyway, I'm here with uh, it's okay, guys. I'm here with uh, Kim, director, actress extraordinaire, and Kim. We've we've been we've been friends for a while now since the knots. Oh yeah, and I don't know if we were necessarily friends, but I was I was dating your agent. That's what, right. Was Rachel was she your were. agent, right? Oh yeah, but Rachel we were friends Sheedy. even before then. Where did we meet before then? Because of Poncho. Poncho. Because I was roommates with Poncho, and so I think I first met you when I lived with Poncho. <laughs> did you come to the play that me and Poncho did about Joan of Arc? It was like in a church. <laughs> yes. Wait a minute. Wait, was that the one? Where it was he like was in, in a, a church, and there was like twelve people. Yeah, I think I did. That's right. I met you through Poncho. How's Poncho doing? I think he's doing really well. Yeah? I mean, the last time I talked to him was quite a few years ago, but he had given up this He'd given up lovely the biz profession, the show. profession to be, you know, a successful he seemed like member he was, of society. Yeah, he seemed like he was a, a good person, so good for him. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he seems very happy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Don't you find that when people quit acting... They flourish. They thrive. They just love it. You're like, don't you miss it? And they're like, no, you no. fucking retard. You realize what bubble you're in right now? <laughs> like, I have a house. I have someone who loves me. <laughs> People speak to me like a yeah. full human being. It's great out here. Yeah. And then when you're out of it and you kind of look in, like the Oscars, you realize, like, wow, these people are crazy. <laughs> this is a crazy business. I mean, that we still are into all these years later. And, and, and also, everyone's talking about like, the slap and all that stuff, but like the Oscars have been crazy for a while. For sure. Like if you ever take really good weed and you watch the Oscars or mushrooms, you'll see it. <laughs> you'll look through the matrix and be like, whoa, these people are fucking well, clowns. What are, your, what are your highlights of the last few years of the Oscars? I remember one time I got really stoned and I watched the one where Spike Lee, and I know you're a Spike Lee fan. Yeah. And, and he's great, obviously. Yeah. But it just was such a weird moment where he won for Best screenplay, I think yeah. it was, and just like the reactions of people, and then and you could just feel like he had this like pot of resentment that had been boiling for years, and he he was just dressed in this crazy outfit, and people were s- celebrating but scared of him, and it was just like a weird kind of like all this bizarre like under the current racial reckoning going on right there in front of the Oscars, and everyone pretending like everything's great, and it just felt. Do you know what I'm talking about? I do. I mean, I was just thinking of my highlight was like the crazy clip of Nicole Kidman clapping with these like alien hands <laughs> was like my favorite part of the last few years of the Oscar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, it's I, every time I watch them, I'm always like, wow, it's very, I don't know what it, it, it just, the moral proselytizing is just, I feel like this was kind of, they jumped the shark with the slap because now next year they can't get on and be like, guys. Listen, America, don't do this. Like, who the fuck are you to tell us what to do? Dude, I just thought, um, Chris Rock, who knew? I mean, does that dude, like, meditate five hours a day? I've no I've well, never seen funny a more you composed said that. human being in it's my life. It's funny you said that because he's, because a lot of people brought that up and he addressed the fact that he has a learning disability. I did know that, yes. And, 
because of his learning disability, he doesn't like process things in a like in, in a quick time. reactive way. Got it. It's why Chris has never been known as like a crowd work comic. It's sure. just that's not his forte. Um, and he's very methodical about his stand up. He doesn't wing it. I mean, it's plotted out. He has writers. He works his ass off. Um, so I think he, his brain was just like, I mean, I think for several days after that, he was processing it. You know what I mean? I don't even know if on tour he's really even addressed it that much yet. You know? I don't know. But I'm really happy for him because I'm sure it's going to be like the highest money-making oh, his, tour of all time. Every show is sold out. I've had <laughs> friends like, Chris follows you on Instagram. Can you get me into one of his shows? I'm like... <laughs> I'm just thinking of like how many women are hanging around at the end of every Chris Rock show on this tour. He's like the luckiest man on earth. Yeah, and they probably want to slap him too. (laughs) Um, No, it's so I don't know. I I, I get the whole idea how crazy, but we're also we're stuck in it. I feel like there was a time, Kim, when you've and we've talked about this briefly. You've had other things and other passions that you've pursued, and you you I know you still teach Pilates, correct? I do. Um. Has ever been? Has anything ever been enough to remove you from acting? The truth is, you, you have enough of a resume and you're talented enough that like people will find you no matter what. Even if you kind of like, I'm retired. Someone's going to be like, Hey, I'm a fan of you. You want to do this movie? You're in a good space that way. Oh, I love the. And you still look like you're 30. So, Thanks. Thanks for saying that. Because you stay out of the sun. Because <laughs> you're wearing I a don't. giant hat right now. I know. <laughs> like, basically, right now, you're seeing, like, why so many relationships of mine have failed. Which is, like, <laughs> all of these men that think they're going to date this hot girl, and then I show up, like, dressed like a beekeeper. Okay. Kim? For all of Kim, sunlight. <laughs> you're hot. But let me... I will, say, I will say this. I think when I first met you, back in the poncho days... <laughs> Or the Rachel Shady days. Yeah. And we'd go to parties because, you oh, know, Rachel sure. was like a, a bon vivant. Par- I feel like both of you were like party monsters. Well, man. I just followed her around. She was amazing. Once, once me and her broke up, I was like, wait, I don't have access to anything. <laughs> I, have, <laughs> really? I can't get any more party. No more oh, swag yeah. bags for me. She was hooked up with everything. And also, like, she was someone who could really... Like, she was amazing. Like, she could work a room. Like, she nobody's She was a great, business. great agent. She was never my agent. Yeah. Everyone's always thought she was, she was never my agent. But she was a great agent. She was. She re- and she's still an agent. Yeah, she is. I actually, I called her recently. I was like, Rachel, you want to you rep she me? Say? She's like, it, it'll be too hard for me. I'm like, bitch, we broke up so long ago. What are you talking about? Can't we just be buddies? Um, but she's she's great. I have nothing bad to say about her. But she was an amazing. I would see how hard she'd work for people. She was. She was and great. how much her clients loved her. And a lot of times she'd go out to parties. It was really just to support her clients. But we would go to like, yeah. It was almost like Sex in the City. Like, it was almost like we oh, were living yeah. that life. That was, like, she was a character from Sex in the City. Kind of like. was. She was always like so hot and done up. And yeah. like, you guys were everywhere. And like, we'd hang out with Jenny Mack from Sex in the City. The cast. You know, we'd go to these parties and meet all the people. Michael, Michael, you know, we'd meet Michael Patrick King and all those guys. So, um... It was it was it was fun for a while, and you know the truth is, if I was a more evolved human being, we'd probably still be together. And who knows? But anyway, the point yeah. is, I'm not. So, okay. <laughs> oh, so nothing's changed. Amazing. That's great. No, she's she, she's great, um, and she's still an agent, Rachel Shady. If anyone's looking for a great agent, yeah, she's I, a rec- fantastic I would recommend. Agent. Um, so back to you. So when I first knew you, I kind of I think I initially didn't like you. Oh, that's so nice be- to find out because. Well, it had nothing to do with you, obviously. It had to do with me because you were hot and you had this kind of vamp thing going on and you were kind of like these blue eyes and 
everyone wanted to bang you, and I was just like, fuck her. She thinks she's better than me. You know, just this feeling, and I think you did, a, I think very early on you did a Spike Lee movie. What was your first Spike Lee movie? My first Spike Lee movie was this tiny part in He Got Game. I met him my third day in New York City. So I auditioned for him my third day in New York. <laughs> from where? Coming from where? Uh, Carnegie Mellon. I, like, so you graduate we, Carnegie Mellon, yeah. your third day in New York. You're like, I yeah. moved to New York, and then you audition for Spike Lee and get a part. Yeah. So tip- Such a typical story. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that is incredibly rare, obviously. It's insane. It's totally insane. Was it your first audition in New York? It wasn't my first. It was, I think, my second or my third, which was really helpful because my first one, I believe, was at like CBS or ABC. Like, No, it must have been ABC because it was the Upper West Side. And I remember I was... Carnegie Mellon at that point didn't teach you anything about film or TV. Yeah. Like, so I remember I was like reading to the camera and the casting director <laughs> saying like, oh, no, no, no. You're supposed to look at me when you read these lines. And I was like, oh, great. So I was glad I knew that when I did my Spike Isn't Lee audition two days later. crazy <laughs> that you go to a program for acting and you spend all this fucking money and you have to get – same thing with NYU grad school. And you get – we had one day, one we had film one day too. TV day. <laughs> With Joanna Merlin, we were in front of a camera, and we were like, "Oh wow, that's how we look for." That's insane. It's insane. It's a graduate program. Insane. You well, especially to- that's like one of the best graduate programs. Yeah, which just goes to show that they're all bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you're you learn how? I mean, your last year in any program should just be auditioning. Totally, because that's all you're going to be doing for the next however many. years. Your job is auditioning more that's than your anything professional else. Professional job. Because once you're on set, that's easy. That's easy. Once you're hired, it's fucking simple. Yeah. Hold on one second. Mia, Endor voice, please. I love you. Hi. Nothing, just saying hi. Maybe a little bit. <laughs> I love you, though. That's the charm of this podcast. That's the charm of this podcast. Just the sirens on the street. Anyway, so. Um, I feel like we're in the, the Three's Company house. This is amazing. I have thought about writing a pilot, just calling it The Yard, because this is we have great. like. Okay, so let me just give you a rundown of what we have. So Jeff Richards over there, he was in Matt TV and SNL. He did both shows. Wow. Incredible impressionist. He's a comic. He's done tons of things. Um, Then we have Mia Mars, who's like the daughter of a billionaire, who just like lives in this dump for some reason. Amazing. Um, Talks about suicide every other day. Uh, Then we have um, Guy Upstairs, an Australian bouncer who used to be a fixer. He used to be an enforcer. He's like break kneecaps for a living. Oh my god, I used to live with a guy like that. Here <laughs> nice was Hollywood. Live with. Oh really? Yeah. Maybe it's him. <laughs> it was Scotty Epstein. Oh my god. <laughs> Scott Epstein. Holy shit. He was an enforcer? I no, mean- our roommate was. Oh, okay. He okay. was um Robbie Williams' professional bodyguard, which wow. I didn't know at the time meant he like he had a closet full of firearms. Uh-huh. But it was on like it was kind of down the street from the Rock and Roll Ralphs. Yeah. And it was like Scotty. Some actor on a CW show back when it was the CW. <laughs> it was like a friend. Oh, when of it was his... Warner Brothers, you mean? Yeah. Or, or WB, WB, WB. 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 That's right. It was WB. It was um, one of the skateboarding kids from the movie Kids. Oh, my God. There was God. this bodyguard and then some other, um, a friend of Scotty's from Queens and then me. Yeah, like, yeah. So we, we were the people that made up this house. And yeah. I just remembered it was at that moment in time. I was like, I guess all my male roommates in the past have been sensitive guys because <laughs> I feel like yeah and Scott Epstein because people know him Scott Epstein he is he's like a third degree black belt yeah he teaches Brazilian Jiu Jitsu at, at the same dojo I go to at uh, 10th Plant West in Hollywood and he's 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 small 
and he's Jewish, so you probably wouldn't expect him to be this beast. But he's yeah. a he's he's a he's prodigy a with jujitsu. Yeah. Um, and you know, a bit of an asshole, but I love him. Um, and <laughs> I have- love him so much. <laughs> <laughs> so, and he was like, yeah, he was a street kid. He did graffiti. Oh, yeah. He was a graf- he's still a graffiti artist. Totally, it's fucking nuts. He's like, yeah, we were doing this building last night at three a.m. I'm like. Are you forty now, Scott? Is oh, that yeah. really the thing? But he loves it. No, he loves it. He yeah. still does it. Yeah, that's he incredible. still does it. Good for you, man. <laughs> uh, shout out! Hopefully, he'll be on my podcast soon. If I have him on the podcast, all he will do is it will be mock me the entire time. Really? Every time he's all he does is mock me. Okay, so here's the thing: I've never seen him teach, like other than his little Instagram videos. Like I've known him for a hundred and eighty yeah. years, and he's just like been my buddy. Yeah. But I I've never like seen him like in his element really. So he, I kind of have no idea how he'll be. He, he's he's probably what you'd expect. He's he's keeps it light. He's humorous. <laughs> he's a like I said, he's a prodigy at jujitsu. Sure. He's got this crazy flexibility, and he's also very strong. So things, just, it's just easy for him. So but, okay, you take the guy and you do that. And so Corey's like, wait, what? what are you, well, let's break that down. You go, what are you fucking stupid? So he's not like, he's not, he's not the gentle teacher. No, you it's, know? Not, it's not really, a, but he's like such a gentle soul, I feel like. <laughs> I mean, is he? Like, is I, he? To me, I, he kind of is. I, but you I guess. know him better than me. No, I, I like You know what? Actually, I shouldn't say that. I feel like I shouldn't say that publicly. I feel like he wouldn't want anyone to know that publicly. I, no, he's no, a you total. Know he's he's a nasty man. I do he's a, a gi- I do gi jujitsu in his in the same do- the dojo. I guess tenth plant and they own. And so I have my gi and my you know, like, look. And he they're no gi, which is basically right. like shirts and t shirts. Um, and uh, and I don't think they they look at us like we're archaic dinosaurs and. Stu- whatever, like not real athlete. I don't know what the fuck they, they think of it. But it's a very different mentality because Gi is like old school Brazilian. You have a master, you bow. It's very disciplined. Yeah. Our, our master has a Shanai stick that he hits people with before out of line. <laughs> oh my God, it's like my ballet masters. I yeah. love it. <laughs> and then 10th Planet Jiu Jitsu, like they're all into conspiracy theories and they're vegan and they smoke weed and they have like love handles, but they're super flexible and kind of athletic and they like get stoned before they roll. It's a very, like Joe Rogan's a big, you know, uh, 10th Planet guy. So it's a very different sort of. And I need the gi stuff because I God knows I need discipline. I don't need like yeah. I don't need more entropy in my life. Anyway, so <laughs> now that we've covered that, so your third audition, you yeah. book a role, and, and I mean Spike Lee at this point was already fucking huge. Oh, I was the biggest fan. Yeah, I was the biggest fan. I remember back when because I'm going to sound like such a dinosaur. I remember being. Oh, God. I don't know how old I was, but I remember, like, renting Jungle Fever from, like, Blockbuster. So I, that was probably, I was, like, 96 or something, something like that. Something like that. So I was, like, in, you know, in... Third grade. It's, yeah, of course. I was in third grade. <laughs> I know how to do math. And um, But I remembered uh, the whole, like, storyline of Sam Jackson in that movie. It was like, oh, yeah. so heartbreaking. And, like, at the time, my older brother was an addict. He's oh, no shit. longer with us. And I just remembered oh, it was like, oh, this guy, like nailed it like that's exactly what it feels like to be in a home with an addict so when I was a kid I was like you know what like even though I was a musical theater person at Carnegie Mellon my whole dream was like I was going to move to New York and one day maybe after 10 years of being a chorus girl I was going to be lucky (laughs) enough that I was going to get to audition for Spike Lee and I could do like a Spike Lee movie so it was nuts like basically like the assistant to the casting director saw our showcase tell me the tell me the so so they saw your Carnegie Mellon showcase, which is yeah. in New York. Yes. And people who don't know, Carnegie Mellon is one of the best undergraduate a- acting institutions in the country, for yeah. sure. And you were in the musical theater program? Yes. 
Fucking bananas. bananas. So your showcase was a musical theater showcase? Well, I mean, I acted also. Yeah. I did some... T- I mean, so you do a scene, and then scene, you do and then a scene and sing. Sang. Yeah. Um, and then, so the sister, the sister cast director saw you. Yeah. So when you moved to New York... I didn't even move. I wasn't even living there yet. Oh, you I were living there. I was literally there for. Did you week, go for the audition? Just for the showcase to do oh, our for the showcase. showcase. So then, while you were there for the showcase, you got the yeah. call. Yeah. Wow. And they were like, "Come down to Tribeca and come audition." And I did. And, and I you remember, knew it was a Spike Lee movie. It wasn't I knew like, it was a Spike Lee movie, yeah. and I was reading some role, not a role that I got. And they were like, and I remember the casting director saying, "Like, oh, I have a feeling Spike will really like you. You're going to meet him tomorrow." And yeah. I did, and I met him, and I remember. I, were you nervous? I was so nervous. I was so nervous. And back then, when I would get really nervous, like one of two things would happen, <laughs> which is either I become completely mute yeah or somehow like Bette Midler just comes like (laughs) screaming out of my body so I remember him like looking at my like resume and he asked me some question about being from Pittsburgh like some sports question and I just remember screaming at him like, I don't even know what I was saying, but it was just like, yes, I did. Like, I just look like a lunatic. <laughs> and I just remember him laughing and sort of like, that's how I got the job. And I didn't know it till years later, but that's actually also how like Rosie Perez got her first job, which is like, she screamed at him, like in a club someplace. Like she was like dancing and I get like, for whatever <laughs> reason, <laughs> or like normal camera, like I'm so quiet. That yeah. I was like, wow, well, I'm really glad. Like I decided to you be a tap- lunatic that one yeah. day. Good Amazing. You. Yeah. Yeah. Part of you knew. <laughs> oh, wow, wow. That's fucking crazy. By the way, kids, don't try that at home. That's probably not what's what's going to work for most people. Yeah. But I will Haven't say this. Since. I, I will say this. I do think there's something to that because I, I did a film in 2016 called Before the Sun Explodes. Which I saw. You saw it? You're the one? Yes. I purchased so, it. I didn't even three ninety nine. it. Yeah, I did. Here's a funny story about that. And I've mentioned this before. But um, when we were looking for the person... To play opposite me, because I was cast because the role was, was kind of based on me in a weird way, which I didn't find out until later. I was like, "Thanks a lot. This guy's a fucking loser." Nice. <laughs> anyway, um, so we were looking for uh, you know uh, women to, to play with, and we were looking for comics mostly. And uh, sh- Deb Eisenstadt said, "What about Tiffany Haddish, who's been a friend of mine?" And I was like, "And I love Tiffany." I didn't know that she could act though, because I was so I was kind of like, uh, "Can she? Is she? Is she can act?" I mean, sure, like whatever. You know, bring her in. And she came in the room, and it was literally like just a fucking force. Like she had a flat tire, and oh, these motherfuckers here! There's a bag in the ground. Oh shit! Oh, fuck! You. I was about to take my earrings off this bitch. You know, and she just like sucked the oxygen. And you could just see like Deborah and Zeke just kind of like looking at her, like this woman is mesmerizing. Yeah. And then when we started doing the scene, it was like. The lines were just a mere suggestion for her to get it. <laughs> but everything she was saying was funny and real and authentic. And she's like very present. Um, and they offered to her in the room, which she's like, wow. they're like, are you, are you able to work like in the next, these days? See, that never happens. Never happens. I think it's happened in my career once. Really? One time. I don't know that that's ever happened. Oh, wait. I guess maybe. It, no, I don't think it's ever happened. But yeah, I was like. I was feeling really good about myself. And I was kind of like, no and I was reason. a little bit like, holy shit. Like, really? Because she didn't give a shit about the line she was all over the place <laughs> but but there's something about her energy which i think is the recipe it's authentic it's real it's big you don't want to yeah. be on a set with someone who shrinks you want someone who you know expands and um and so the funny story is and i guess i've mentioned this before i won't go do it but basically they were like please call tiffany and and 
get her to do this thing, get her to do it. Cause there's like some conflict here and there. So I called Tiffany. I go, Tiffany, I go, look, this film would be great for you. You'd be a lead. It'd be really be about you. Um, and, and I knew that they were going to get more money if Tiffany was attached. And sure. this is when she'd just done a few things here and there. And she was, I would love to do that. It's such a great role. I'm dying to do the role. I got two callbacks right now that I'm waiting on. And I go, what are they? He goes, one's an N- a- a- NBC show with Gerard Carmichael. And one is a, 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 movie, a movie called Keanu. But I got callbacks. And I'm going like, and I'm so used to people getting callbacks. I'm like, yeah. Okay, so you're doing the movie. You're doing my film. You got a call back for NBC and a huge studio. Okay, she books them both. <laughs> of course she does. The same week. So uh-huh. she booked three jobs. And she said, oh, but I can't do I can't make the dates work. And I was like, okay, good luck with your little... T- anyway, and obviously she <laughs> she blew up. And everyone's like, God, Tiffany done, done the film would be a completely different story. But um, so there is something about coming in and, and having an energy that people respond to. And I think I'm back because I have social anxiety. So do I. I've always been really awkward. I get really small and people don't realize that about me. As I see do my I. Stage, Usually. I get there like I look, look like I poop my pants or something. <laughs> um, but you tapped into it. So he, so he goes, he was laughing. And then when you find out you got the part. I guess a few days later and it was like before like cell phones. So I just remember like uh, like my messenger service having like all <laughs> these me- <laughs> messages for finally my agents after like five calls were like, will you please call us back? You just booked a movie. And yeah. I was like, oh, wow, man. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's huge because, it, you know, it's one thing to I know you're like, oh, it's a small part of film. But oh, you- I was terrified to do it. I we, literally almost like threw up on the way to the airport. <laughs> I was so nervous. <laughs> I was Where terrified. did they shoot it? We, our scenes were shot. I, I think they were shot in like South Carolina. How many scenes did you have? I have one little scene with Rick Fox and Ray Allen and with a girl right. that I had also gone to Carnegie Mellon with. Oh, wow. But it was really funny. So the scene is basically like we're just like these college girls and Rick Fox is showing Ray Allen like trying to recruit him to go to this school. And basically you see all these white chicks that are so thirsty and like wanting to, you know, fuck these basketball players. What, like, Spike did not realize is that, yes, me and this girl, like, had gone to college together. Yeah. And she was so lovely. And she's so beautiful. Like, yeah. just one of the most beautiful women I've ever seen. Um, but she was a very devout Christian, like, all oh, through wow. um, through college. Like, she would have these, you know, like, they would have, I don't know if you call it youth group or what. But she was just, like, very, very into it. All I knew is that, like, when I look back on that scene, like, I'll have to post it at some point because it is ridiculous. You have never seen a happier girl to get to make out with these guys on camera than Kim Director. <laughs> so it's like, I cannot believe this is my job right now. You I'm made out with so both, of them? both of them? Wow. I was like, this is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> this is the best first movie of my life. <laughs> That's incredible. And then you've worked with Spike. Um, and by the way, I was going to say, when you get cast in a quote-unquote small part in a Spike Lee movie, there are certain directors where it's iconic. Yeah. The films they make are iconic. Totally. So That's a beautiful film. They can be like, just show up and fucking spit in someone's face and take the goddamn part because you're yes. now part. Of, how often do you get to be a part of an iconic film? It's so fucking rare. It's so rare. It's so rare. Yeah. I remember I then did, after that, I did Summer of Sam, and there was no role for me. I think I had one word to that say. That was the next, because you did was, Inside Game, too. That was it, after that. I did Inside Man a few years oh, after Inside those Man. two. Okay, so Summer and, of Sam. Um, 
But Summer of Sam, like, I, there was no part for me, and he just was like, okay, well, we're just going to imagine you're part of this crew with these people. So every time they're called into set, you'll be called into set, and we'll just figure something out. Like, yeah. was amazing, because honestly, like, Spike Lee was, like, my graduate program of, like, learning how to act on Absolutely. camera. yeah. Because I just shut up and watched everyone, because he had yeah. all these brilliant actors, actors, and I just was like... Watching everybody, yeah. <laughs> it was like that's how I learned how to act on camera. Yeah, so it was imp- so. Some were saying I had a lot of improv and stuff like a that. A lot of it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you look back and go, man? I wish I had because I, I don't. I don't remember the movie that well. But do you look back and go, I, I wish I had like tried to go for more? Or do you look back and go, okay, I, I played it perfectly? Like because I, I know sometimes like there are opportunities that are given to you, and some people kind of. Um, they can be too shy to take them or too quiet or whatever. Did you feel like you, you grabbed it and like improv and here's the thing. I, I always felt really nervous. Like I'm always impressed with comics. I'm always impressed with improvisers because I think that that's just amazing. Like you must have so much confidence to know that you can make anything funny and anything work. Um, what I remembered is I remembered seeing he got game in the theater and I remembered playing the scene very seriously. Yeah. And what I didn't realize was like, it was like in New York, I was at, you know that like Wally World Theater on the Upper West Side? Yeah. With like all the like escalators and stuff. Yeah. So like, <laughs> I remember seeing it there in this like really packed house. And I just remember like everybody laughing hysterically at this scene and I just was like oh shit I didn't know that was funny (laughs) so I was like really excited and like that feeling was nuts yeah because that was a high that I had never experienced and never thought I would experience because I didn't think anything about what I was doing was funny yeah and then when you get that kind of reaction from people it's like oh my god yeah I see why you're gonna throw your life away to make people laugh (laughs) I get it yeah 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 yeah. (laughs) it feels pretty great and particularly in movies the straighter you play things it's always funnier when you play things as serious as possible yeah you know what's funny is the circumstances not necessarily the way you play it um so you did that movie, and between that and some, how many years passed between those two? Movies? I don't know. I think they were pretty back to back, and then I did Blair Witch Two somewhere. I think at the same year I, I did Summer of Sam. Oh, so. so so at this point, so I've been out of school like a year. Out of school for like, a year. So you had two Spike Lee films now, and I remember I was talking to you and Tristan. Yes, uh, <laughs> I was talking to you guys, Tristan Schuyler. Who went to Princeton? You know, yeah, Princeton. you, uh, Tristan, and Poncho. And I remember you guys had both booked Blair Witch Two. Yep, and it was poised to be like this enormous. <laughs> yep, but you know, I'm not mocking it. But it was like I just yep. remember going like when even it was announced and the casting and blah blah blah, because obviously the first one was such a crazy breakout hit. Yeah. So and Blair Witch Two, I guess the same creative team, a different it, creative team, different creative team. Yeah. And they were going, but it was bigger budget. They were Huge going in different direction. You know, budget whole, in comparison, yeah. Um, so that must have been a pretty. Ex- so at that point, you're just like, I'm fucking in fuerte. I'm on fire right now, and this is going to change my fucking life. And I'm sure on some level it did. Oh, it did not. It did not. <laughs> <laughs> but the film, and by the way, it's not a. It's one of those films like if you were to see it now and go back, it's 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 a good film. It's fine. But I think on the heels of the Blair Witch hype. You know what I mean? It suffered. It suffered from being on the heels of... Okay, Bill, I... Okay, tell me the truth. I've, I will say this. <laughs> I had the greatest experience of my life shooting that film. We shot it in Baltimore. 
I ended up working with like a lot of the crew is a lot of the crew that I ended up working with a hundred years later on the pilot of the deuce because uh-huh. David Simon and George Pelicanos do a lot of their stuff in Baltimore. Uh. So it was like, I met people and like Tristan is one of my closest friends to this day. Yeah. So it was an unbelievable experience. I loved it. It was also the most wonderful, wonderful education of Hollywood because I remember they put us up at this hotel for like the week to do press and we do all this press before the opening before the opening and then for whatever reason I had been booked to do a couple of late night talk shows after uh, the movie was going to come out and so I was supposed to be staying in this in this hotel for like another week and in I New remember York City? no in in Beverly Hills okay, Beverly here Hills. in LA okay. and I remember like <laughs> they got our numbers from the weekend <laughs> they were like um, could, could Kim leave on Tuesday and like find a place to live? And, and that's when I moved in Scotty Epstein's crazy house of, of gentlemen. So they were putting up because the numbers weren't good. <laughs> yeah. They were, they were like, like get, the get, fuck we out. Just get the fuck out of here. <laughs> so you didn't do the late night talk shows? I, I still did them. I did them. Who, did, they who were they? Were they some crazy like house tonight in show? Did, It no. was, um, Oh my God, this is so long ago. One was a show on BET, uh-huh. and one was a show on, um, it was John, John Sally, and one was, uh, I want to say it's, um, oh God, he used to do Sports Center. Um, oh Craig, Craig, the tall blonde Craig guy who Ferguson? did- Was that it? No. Well, Craig, he, no. he's the Scottish guy. No. But it was like another Craig. Yes, the one who was in old school. Ah, yes, I think so. Oh, God. White guy, tall, blonde, yes. white guy. He yes. played basketball. Yes. He was doing the Daily Show before John Stewart. And we're blanking on his we're name. We're blanking on his name. Oh, my God. We're horrible but I was people. thinking the other day, I was like, what happened to that fucking guy? He was like everywhere he for a minute. He was great. Drew. And I just rewatched Old School, which I love. He's yeah. great in it. Yeah. That was a big <laughs> show. His, his show was, was pretty big. So, so that feels like everything's great. And then the numbers come out. <laughs> when the numbers come out... Do you feel it right away or is there like a lot of... I got a great piece of advice. I had this this great acting teacher named Bob Krakauer and I remember before it came out, he said, Kim, listen, this movie has all this hype around it. One of two things is going to happen. Either one, your life is going to change so completely you will not recognize it. Or two... It is going to be exactly the same. Yeah. And I was like, and I just remember being like, okay, well, that's not true. It's not going to be the same. Like, yeah. I just started in some giant At the very movie. least. At the very least. Like, no. If I, When I tell you I was a full-time nanny, like, two months out, I was, I think I had been dropped by my reps. Your reps whatever. dropped you after oh, that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, it was just, it was just like everything that you would imagine would happen happened. <laughs> because, of course, the success of the film had nothing to do with you. No, of course not. But they're going to be like, oh, the film has stink on it. Get rid of this girl. Get rid of this kid. And, like, they were casting people that didn't want to bring us in. And we were just like, oh, okay. So, like, I, but I, I know, like, about a year after, Tristan was just like, yeah, I'm never acting again. Um, let me just continue writing. And then she started writing, writing and making amazing, amazing, amazing things. Amazing projects. Incredible. Yeah. yeah. Wow, that's insane. So, <laughs> so, so that's an interesting. So you're like nothing but good news, and all of a sudden, boom! And then you're living with a, a few sociopaths. I know, in but North then Hollywood. actually, something even nuttier, which was I, I'm trying to remember the timeline of this. I think what had happened was the movie came out, and then I was living with you know 
these distinguished gentlemen (laughs) in this house in West Hollywood. And then I think a couple months later, I was going to come out here for pilot season. And then out of nowhere, my brother passed away. Oh, shit. So I ended up coming out here. And even though, like, I knew he was sick and I knew, but like, I had, he, I hadn't been in contact with him for a while, but it's, and even though I, you know, he had been on drugs for a really long time, like this was an inevitable thing to happen, but still it like really kind of shocked me. And at that point I just, I kind of was like a full-time nanny, like slash babysitter. Yeah. And I would get like some appointments, but I really was just like, I just like focused on these little kids that I was watching and they were really great and like. I, I highly recommend them if you're going through a grieving <laughs> process. They're pretty fabulous for they that. Put things in perspective. <laughs> they really sure. do. And um, and then I think I got out of my funk of just like I, I went. And I did a musical at the Kennedy Center. Like I went back to singing for a second. So that's that's amazing. I, d- I didn't know that you were a singer. I yeah. I tell people all the time, if I could sing, <laughs> I would never leave Broadway. What? Okay, no way, dude. I've you been, would leave in two seconds. I'm just, I've done three Broadway plays, having okay, never Okay, which, sung. by the way, I've seen two of. You saw two of. One was okay. Because I'm an amazing friend. You're like a great that. Friend. And one of them was okay. The other one, eh. Anyway. So, um, but if I, but I always thought, like, if I could sing, like, if I could really, and by yeah. the way, I wouldn't have to sing, like, in, like John Legend, but I, if I could just sing, like, just a few degrees better, I would love just to be, like, the straight guy doing me. Musicals in New York. Oh, again, all those girls. Oh, the chorus girls. Oh my god, they're so hot. So, um, yeah, I would just love to be like the dude doing doing Broadway. And there's like you know, but I just I'm I remember when I was like right away coming out of school, they were just like, we gotta bring you in for Rent. You're perfect for like one of these. And I was like, I can't sing, guys. You don't want me. They know you, Bernie tells they they want you to come out. I go, this is gonna be bad. Can you carry a tune? I don't know. Maybe. you. Uh, it's just Perhaps. talk singing. It's the Adam rap roll. You're talk singing. And I went in there and just was terrible. And then like a year later, like they want to bring you back. I'm like, no. <laughs> I will do this They forgot myself. that they hated me the first time. <laughs> Trust me, they hated me. If, but if I could sing, oh my God, I would fucking love it. I don't, I don't know. Here's the thing. I'm friends with a lot of... A lot of people that that is their world. Yeah. And I find that they are... It doesn't seem like a very happy environment for a lot of people. Yeah. And it's also incredibly hard work for oh, it is. what Eight I shows think is week. like not a lot of You're always like resting you're, your voice. You're always resting all your the voice. Time. You're always having to make sure your body is in perfect condition. So like you're basically working twenty four seven to make sure that you can do that show. Yeah. So you're giving up all of your social <laughs> life to do this show and then they're yeah. like and then they're like, Oh, payment for you to stay in New York? $3,000 a week. That's our best offer. <laughs> it's just like, kind what? of nuts. So I have dreams of singing again, but I have dreams of doing it like on a TV show or in a yeah. movie where I get to record it in a studio. Absolutely. And then just like lip sync on set. <laughs> That's Have you dream. had opportunities to audition? I mean, <laughs> have there any been ever TV or film opportunities come up where you had to sing? Actually, yeah. Um, there's one that I believe I'll be doing <gasps> coming up. But you yeah. can't say anything. I can't say anything yet. I can't say anything yet. That's yeah. incredible. I mean, that's yeah. a dream come true, right? It's like it a is. comic getting to do a movie where you get to play a comic. Yeah. Which I'm, pretty is what exci- I I'm really excited. I'm really excited about it. Yeah, yeah. That's very cool. <laughs> Congratulations. Thank you. Thank so, you. So, um, then let's go back to the miserable parts of your life. <laughs> oh, who wants, sure. There's who a wants, lot. Who wants there your is, success? There is you know? so much to mine from that, Bill. <laughs> <laughs> so, you're with the kids. You were a funk for a bit. Your brother passed. Tragic. And then, 
And how do you how do you bring yourself out of it? Like, what was was there something external that brought yourself out of it? It was just a mindset that brought yourself out of it. Oh, uh, here's what was so crazy, and this is like the beauty of just which I'm sure you and I have of doing this for as long as we've done this. Which is like when you're like 20 and you get a big movie and you you think like this is it like this is the only shot i am ever going to get so like after this movie didn't do well which i was like kind of bummed cuz i was like i i feel like i really liked what i did in that movie yeah. like this is a bummer but um uh, and then, like, I remember I, like, wouldn't give myself any time to grieve. Mm. And so because of it, like, I remember, like, my hair would start falling out. Like, I had all this insomnia. Like, your body keeps the score. Like, your body knows if if you're not dealing with something. Yeah. And so at that young age, you can, you can kind of get away with it. Because yeah. you've got youth on your side and, and you know, your body's kind of up for anything. Yeah. Um, but I remembered that like, I was like in acting class and it was just like really hard for me. Like it was really hard for me to maintain eye contact with another person. Like it was really hard for me. I just felt really uncomfortable. And I remember my teacher just being like, dude, you don't need my permission, but like, you don't have to be doing this right now. I was like, okay. So I like started like singing, singing again, because to me that always just felt like it kind of felt like working out. Yeah, for sure. Like, I never really got much pleasure out of it. It was just, like, something I was good at, but, like, I would have to work at it. Yeah. And um, so I was like, oh, I think I'll do that, because that's a little... Like, it's not as emotionally intense for me. I'm not so invested in this. Yeah. So then, like, some musical came along, and I got to do What was the musical? It was was really fabulous, actually. So some very wealthy person in Washington, D.C., decided they wanted to give the Kennedy Center millions of dollars because that summer they wanted to see six shows from Stephen Sondheim. Nice. So they did like three in rep and then another three in rep. So I did company with this ridiculous cast, like ridiculous. Every single person in my cast I had already seen on Broadway. Yeah. And then Kim Director was in it. Yeah. So it was like, I totally did not fit in at all, but I had the time of my life. And I think we only did like three shows a week. Because oh, we're in rep perfect. with two other shows. Yeah, yeah, So it was amazing. Yeah. Like you could party your face and they, off they, and still do that show. <laughs> and they put you up in a nice place. And they, Yeah. Yeah, it was amazing. Yeah. It was amazing. And that is that is like, the right time of year, that area is beautiful. It's beautiful. where I grew up. Yeah, yeah um, it was beautiful. So so then you kind of felt like Stella got a groove, groove back a little bit there, right? You were I did. Like, I was feeling myself. Did it make you go like, okay, I could just let me just do musical theater. Let me go to New York and just fucking hit the boards. I did think that. And then as soon as I got back, I think I was put into some other film or TV okay. thing. So yeah. basically, like I like if it were up to me, I thought I was going to be singing and doing musicals. But the, you know, when if I went with the flow, that was not the plan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The plan was like, no, you're going to be doing film and television, which I love doing. So yeah, I'm really happy I got pushed in that direction. So what was the longest period where you kind of weren't... Because I always feel like you're working all the time. It never feels like there was Thanks, like a real... Phil. It never felt like you've ever been like... Because I've had people like, I haven't worked for two years. Oh, I'm I've like, had that. Two years? Oh, yeah. I think I may, I might have even had... There might might have been a time where it was almost three Whoa, and what was going on during that period? I didn't know it at the time, but I had gotten really ill with Lyme disease. I know, you're like, I don't want to talk about Lyme disease. We're going there. We're talking about Lyme disease. Oh, I'm such a bummer. Have you reached out to Michael Rosenbaum, by the way? I did, but I I DM'd him on Instagram, but he didn't, didn't you know, he's so fancy. He didn't see me. Oh, he's the nicest, most downer guy. That's what I've heard from everyone that knows me. He's so lovely, but he didn't see my DM. Okay, okay, whatever. Um, So yeah, you got a sub, you got a sub, write a comment on one of his posts. 
Oh, hey, okay. I DM'd you, dude. <laughs> okay, right. <laughs> what, so, so I can publicly shame him? Well, like, I just oh, know shit, that he's I a very thoughtful guy and his, his approach to Lyme disease was right. So Lyme disease is like, I mean, a lot of, I don't feel like people really know what the deal is with Lyme disease. There are probably a lot of people who have it and it's undiagnosed. For sure. Because it's basically, you get, when did you get, did you get to Blair Witch when you were in the No, Baltimore? I didn't. It was, I was babysitting and I was like taking some kids through Central Park. Oh, it was in New York. It was in New York and it was 2002 and all the doctors in New York in 2002 thought you couldn't get Lyme disease in Central Park. I never heard of it before. So yeah. they never, they, so if you got it, they, like if you, and so I had like a bullseye Do you remember rash. The tick? Do you, oh, you remember the I tick? remember because two different doctors looked at it and they were like, oh, that's really concerning. But both of these doctors never use the words tick, bullseye rash, or Lyme disease. Yeah. So, thanks, guys. So they uh, would do blood tests later. and they would just go... <laughs> oh, they didn't bother with blood tests. No. I mean, there, it was clear. There was a bullseye rash on the back of my leg. So what would they say? They just said, have you been to Connecticut? No. Have you been to Long Island? No. I've been to Central Park. Oh, Central Park? You're fine. You're fine. fine. That's crazy. Because now, I don't know much about it, but I know it, it started in Lyme, Connecticut, which is where Correct. it comes from. <laughs> I watched wow, look at about. you. And it, they, these ticks, they live on deers, right? They're deer ticks. Yeah. Do they all live on deers? Well, they can also travel on dogs. So, because so, there are any deers in Central Park, I'm system. assuming. Yeah, but there's a lot of dogs. A lot of dogs. So the dogs somehow got in contact with a deer somewhere because people will travel to the sure. Long Island, Hamptons, or they have houses in Connecticut yeah. and the Hamptons. The know. dog has it. They come back. They walk the dogs. Yeah. Boom. Jesus I mean, Christ. it's it's literally everywhere. But here's the thing: Why was I not working for two years at a time or three years at a time? Because this has happened at two different times. But luckily for me, I've worked consistently enough or enough of my stuff has been showing that it's always just seen as like, oh, it's this person yeah, always, she always works. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, I have no idea. I mean, sometimes you just, and I'm sure you know this, like sometimes you don't have a motivated team or sometimes like, let's say, like I remember when I first came out of school, it's like every, everything was like teenage shows. Do you know what I mean? Like, it was like, everyone was like, they, they all wanted teenagers. Yeah, and like, yeah. I, even though I was like 19, I was like 19 going on 35. Yeah, yeah. And so it was like, oh God, no, this girl's not going to fit. Like, she's yeah, yeah, yeah. not for us. Like, so sometimes it's just like, you just got to kind of ride the wave. It seems like, it seems like you could definitely have gone full into the whole horror genre. Yeah. If you wanted to. Because you have a face for horror. Oh my God, thank you. I mean that in the best way. I, I like to think that I'm scaring people. Because you look like ways. a vampire. Were you ever thank considered you. for the Twilight movies? No, isn't that a shame? Yeah, because you are one of the most vampire-looking people I know, but you've never For done sure. vampire films. No, I, well, well, actually, I did do one. Um, I did what? one that Glenn Danzig wrote and directed. Okay, that's a, that's a real name. That's yeah. a person. That's a per- Was it good? <laughs> I haven't seen it yet. Oh, you haven't but seen I, it? Oh, but it's I coming did, out. I did keep my fangs, so I have them <laughs> if I ever want to dress up as a vampire for, yeah, for yeah, Halloween. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> But it's it's good to to have like a, a niche, you know what I mean. And I feel like you know, for, for me, for example, like when I came, to, same thing. I came to like I was never going to be the pretty boy for the WB. I was never going to be the you know. I was never like, but I wasn't character enough to be like the character guy. Yeah. And I'm white as fuck, so there's not a lot. So like, and I can't grow facial you know, hair, facial hair, and like sideburns. <laughs> so westerns were out of the picture. <laughs> Like westerns were just like I, you know, if I showed up with like a nice, I couldn't do that. So it was like I wasn't getting western work. Um, you know, I've, I'm sure I don't know if you're friends with Garrett Dillahunt. 
Oh, well, like, I'm a big fan. Yeah, he's like I'm a one giant my, he's fan. One of my, he's one of my really good friends. But he, I heard your episode with him. Yeah, he's great. Yeah, he's but he, great. He's just his ability to grow all sorts of facial hair. I mean, he's a great actor on top of it. But I'm just like, I was like, did you just helps. reduce his entire career to his ability to grow facial? Yeah, fuck hair? that guy. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I'm just saying. It, he he's cornered the Western market. He has, yeah. And when you got he the has, fucking man. strong beard and the it's all, anyway, so for me it's like, well, you're you, we got Nazis and we got cops. Which take your pick. I feel like you're a great Nazi though, Bill. <laughs> Do not sell yourself short. Oh, believe me, I would love to play a Nazi. When I, I, I played a, a white supremacist, in the last thing I did was like, bring him on, bring him on more three percenter. I'll do whatever the fuck you want. Storm the Capitol. Why not? Um, <laughs> oh my God! Yeah, you know that's going to be made into a TV movie, limited series. Yeah, whenever there's like a Nazi film about skinheads, I'm like, ah, bye bye. Why are you not thinking of me? Um, when the fir- when I was, I think I was still in school at the time. I tested for American History X because I was bald at the time. <gasps> I think it was my second year in school. And I tested for it. Oh, that's right, because you were in New York for school. Yeah. Was that nuts? Was that nuts? Like but having a, that opportunity but, while but here's you were the thing, in school? Here's the thing, Kim. Like, I was an engineer in undergrad, and I didn't have any, you know, knowledge about anything. I didn't have any friends in the business. I had no family, no friend, nothing. And then I got into NYU grad school for acting because I'd acted in um so when I got there, I'd never thought of it that way. I never thought like, look, get started on your career now right. while you're in New York. Get headshots, audition during the summer, sure. do this stuff. I was just kind of there, you know got what I mean? It. And just kind of was rollerblading around trying to get laid. That was kind of like taking yoga <laughs> That's classes. exactly when I met you. <laughs> That's exactly yeah. when yeah. I was first introduced to you <laughs> on a pair of rollerblades. Uh, and then nothing's changed. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so... um. All right. So anyway, I don't want to say we should wrap this up, but I know you have to go soon. So um, we, uh, so you did the next Spike Lee. You did Inside Man, another yeah. great iconic film. Yeah, um, which is an awesome film. It's a great film. So have you done more than three, or have you done more? Th- I've done more. Yeah, I think I've done like five or six. That is fucking awesome. That is everyone's yeah. dream. Just have like the one director who's like you. You know, I know. What? you're on my squad. I totally love it. And I'll tell you, this is why I love well, I love Spike Lee. He's such a brilliant filmmaker. But something that I find wild to this day, every single project I've ever worked on with him, there is a handful of actors that get their union card and he makes sure of it. Yeah. Every single project. It's like like 10 people are going to become union. Yeah. Because like it's like he like realizes like how hard it is to get have one person give you that first break because sometimes yeah. that's all it takes is just one person saying yes that then everyone else isn't afraid to say yes on you yeah and so I think that's just a really incredible thing and he's just like he's so excited about filmmaking as excited now as like day one which mm-hmm. I think is just amazing as you yeah. like <laughs> go through this world at a certain point you think you're gonna lose a little enthusiasm but no and not for that's Spike amazing Lee. that's amazing he's great he also uses Fruza Bulk a lot, right? Doesn't he? <laughs> no, I don't he think so. He used Debbie Mazar. Debbie Mazar. Okay, yeah. maybe I'm getting confused. Because I think he definitely, like, like, you, like you're definitely the prototype of, like, the woman he likes. Like, for a white woman. The, yeah. The, the, the yeah, I feel eyes, like Debbie very... Mazar and I should for sure be playing sisters yeah. in something. Yeah, I was I would love that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll put that out So, in and, the then world. You, and then you did The Deuce, <laughs> which was great, yeah. on HBO. Yeah. 
I love that. Is it, and it ended, I guess, because yeah. James Franco's no, no, situation? No, no, it actually, it was only ever going to be three seasons. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, like, so from the first meeting about it, he was like, we're going to take it from this year to this year. Basically from, if you hadn't seen The Deuce, it's a show from the creators of The Wire about uh, the adult film industry and how it started in New York and then came out to L.A. And the reason it came out to L.A. is because with the height of AIDS in New York City, the mayor had to shut down like bathhouses and all, all kinds of sex work to try to contain it. And then they were like, oh, wait, why don't we shoot these movies where people know how to make movies? Yeah. Why don't we do this in the sunlight? <laughs> we'll, we'll take this to L.A. Let's go to Chatsworth. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But it was, um, that was, honestly, that's my, my favorite, my favorite thing I've ever worked on. Oh, really? I loved it. Yeah. I loved it. Yeah. I, I loved the show. You did all I three seasons. The cast. It was great. I thought everyone on it was just great. And I loved getting to play such a messed up character and and everyone on it was great you yeah. know i mean when do you get to say that yeah like like everyone was awesome no one was a jerk yeah and so in the meantime and then you get certified pilates it's sort of in, oh that happened this. way before so th- i think i met you we ran to, on the samson building we ran to each other and you were like teaching pilates oh or that's something. right yeah when i was living in la yeah, yeah. And uh, I just feel like I run to you every like few years. We do. <laughs> and and you were teaching Pilates. And I was like, wait, why are you teaching Pilates? So you have a million things going on, but you can also be an actor and successful and still teach Pilates. It's not like they're. So I got into teaching Pilates uh, when I was at the Kennedy Center doing that musical. I had I got an injury doing some dance. Oh, I'll hold for sound. <laughs> uh, when I was at the Kennedy Center doing this musical, I got this little injury doing some dance number. And so I started doing Pilates to rehab. When I got back to New York, my favorite Pilates teacher was, for the first time ever, certifying teachers. So just on a whim, I did it. And as I did it, I didn't know this, but I kept having all these wild injuries as a result of having undiagnosed Lyme, Lyme disease, disease in my system. So, what like, type of injuries were you? Are you oh my about? god! Like I had was rushed into. Okay, so if you've seen the Usual Suspects, yeah. Okay, so I woke up in the middle of the night one night, walking like Kevin Spacey in The Usual Suspects with <sighs> the worst pain of my life, and like a few days later, was like rushed into emergency back surgery because I was told like if they hadn't done the surgery, like I would have been limping for the rest of my life. And then even once they did the surgery, like I had six different surgeons tell me, they're like, you're probably never going to walk normally again. Um, you know, if you have a drop foot, it's permanent. And I was like, oh, fuck you. It's not going to be permanent. It was not called a me, dropped dude. foot? Yeah. Okay. It's a drop foot where there's um, fluid from the disc is put onto your spinal cord. And so you get nerve damage Got going it. down your leg to your ankle and you cannot lift up your ankle to walk. So your foot's just kind of dragging along. And I just remember thinking, like, this is just not going to work for me. Yeah, like, I'm no. not going to be able to I go too much my shit going life on. with this. What? No. Yeah. Um, so, like, sure enough, even though everyone was like, oh, you can never heal this. I was like, dude, watch me. I am yeah. healing this. Same thing, like, with, like, a frozen shoulder. I was like, nope, I'm going to be fully healed. Yeah. Another thing with my foot, you will never heal it. I was like, dude, watch me. So, basically, my specialty in teaching has really been people with chronic pain and chronic illnesses because mm-hmm. I find it fascinating. Absolutely. And also because I feel like most people, and I guess maybe just legally these doctors have to cover themselves, but they will constantly tell you, oh, you're not going to get better. And 
so many people will hear that and just take it in. It becomes and a mantra. It. Yeah. And then they're just like, oh, I'm never getting better. And so for me, it's like, dude, if I can get better, anybody can get better. Yeah. Because like I have been injured in every way possible. Yeah. And I've had every every single genius head of their profession tell me that there's no hope for me yeah. and it's like no you can you can yeah. do anything you and can do you, fix do anything. you feel like pilates is really one of the keys to help you get through the stuff i mean i think it's i mean it definitely it's it's really it's not all that like interesting i mean it's kind of basic but yes it does totally help i think that Perhaps mindset was even more important. Mm-hmm. I of just which I think like the mindset of staying in this nutty career for all these years, yeah, like takes something. Yeah, you have you're stubborn. You're really you, you, stubborn. You fucking hunker down. You're like, nope, I'm not quitting. <laughs> you're like, and I think also especially as a woman, like some of the things I I would I would hope that it's a little different for younger women coming up now. Yeah, but like the things that were just commonly said to me and my female peers are so outrageous uh, where you're just like, how did any of us come out of this with like any <laughs> sense of self or yeah. we're still doing this profession? Like yeah. I will never understand. Comments from casting directors and agents oh and managers and I shit think like that. Every bit, every person, I think there, I, I can count on my hand because there were only, I think two people that ever didn't do this. And I've had, I've had plenty of people represent me over the years. I mean, the amount of times where I would just be told, Oh my God, Kim, you're just too fat. Like, there's no way I can even send you in for this audition. Like, look at yourself. Or like, Kim, they need somebody beautiful. Like, how am I going to send you in for a part where somebody needs to be beautiful? Um, or like, <laughs> uh. where you're just like, um, um, or even like, are you sure? You know, it seems like, I, I don't know that you're really going to be funny. Like, we need someone really funny. Oh, God. We need so like, like just <laughs> stuff that is so ridiculous. And yeah. then at the same time, you'll have somebody else, some male in that office that's, like, constantly sexually harassing you throughout this entire thing. And you're like, wait a minute. I'm, like, fat and ugly, but the owner but, of this company keeps trying to, to fuck, fuck me? me? Wow, this is so crazy. Wow. That's kind of Hollywood in that shell, right? <laughs> Like, really? You're ugly. We'll never go catch you. Come over You're here. You're disgusting. But would you come over here? Because oh yeah, my god, that's fucking bananas. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't think most people. I think some actresses don't realize it because they're not in the position you're in. I, I think most actors don't realize it because they, you know, it's so funny when all the Me Too stuff happened. Um, you know, you definitely have people like oh, some of these women. And you're also like take it down a hundred fucking notches because <laughs> it is so. I just heard a story of someone just a few weeks ago Tell who me. had the director come out like of uh, the fucking in a robe, like you yeah. know, like yeah. They, it was a house party. Everyone laughed. Yep. He's like, "Stick around." He comes stick out in a fucking around. robe. Like, really? Is this where we're at? Big yep. time director too. That, you know? Of course. It's like Jesus Christ. I thought that was like that went the way of the dodo bird, but <laughs> nope. nope. Oh no, it's still alive and well. Yep. Like if you want to um, fucking get the part, like. And then she didn't get the part. So that's... that's No, I mean, and it's happened to a lot of my girlfriends where you're just like... He must have run into Harvey Weinstein. I mean, I can't imagine he he missed your radar. You know what? I didn't. Like, I would see him in New York. Like, I would see him on the streets. And actually, one of my first agent's offices was in his building. Yeah. So, like, I was in that building a lot. And I yeah. would see him, like, you know, eating or whatever. But for whatever reason... Probably I was, eating. Yeah. He was usually eating. <laughs> he was usually eating on a sidewalk <laughs> in New York City. But no, I was never... I was never... I mean, I have a, have a lot of girlfriends that were yeah. in I that guess situation. You're not, really, you're not really the type that he would 
prey on either. You know what I mean? I guess not. You know, um, I guess not. Every single time I, I've been able to get my way out of it pretty gracefully. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like not hurting anyone's ego or feelings, and yeah. yet, you know, not having to do anything that I don't feel. Have you had the? Have you had the like? If you do this, you will get this part. No, no one that directly. No one has ever been that direct about yeah. it. It's always been very implied. Yeah, yeah. Oh God. <laughs> This goddamn business. <laughs> anyway, but you're but I you're thriving. How many things do you have? How many things do you have on the dock about to come out? Um. Okay. I guess I have a show that's going to come out. Um. A, sh- an a Ed series. Bur- yeah, a series. An Ed Burns show called Bridge and Tunnel on Epics. My, um, you know Don Marie Recco. Donna Marie Recco. Oh yeah. She also has a. She has a similar. <laughs> she's my ex. Oh no way! Yeah. Oh, you always had such good taste. I gotta say, yeah, she's you've great dated girl. some amazing ladies. I though. like them all. I don't hate any of them. They're all they're all amazing. <laughs> they're all pretty great. I don't know what they think about me. No, me and Don Marie are friends. I think they probably think pretty highly of you. Yeah. No, Don Marie's great. She's uh, it's, uh, that's a whole story. But she 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 was like not going to do it because she is very like anti anti VAX. Oh really? She's a nurse too, and she's like oh, I've seen too much shit. Uh, yeah, I could delete that. I'll delete it. What? Oh shit! We don't have to. Reply. Whatever. She's not going to hear it. It's fine. Yeah, but no, I think she had to leave because of it. So, and good for her. And by the way, she's also you know she's a son. She's she's she has her own life. She's fine. She's worked with Ed a bunch of times. I'm sure. No, I've seen her. I saw her in the other show that that she did with him. I want to do Ed Burns project. Can I tell you something? He was doing that fucking public morals. Yeah, that was the show I saw her on. And and there was a part there was a, I auditioned he, for that he, show he, I did not get he, it he, he saw me on Lombardi on Broadway no way you were and, so good in that and I auditioned for for it for it <laughs> such good diction and um, he calls up Keith Keith Nobbs of course Keith Nobbs. of course I know and he Keith goes, and he and Keith and, and Ed were friends they'd worked together I was always a huge fan I mean from way back in the day me too Brothers McMullen me I too from New York huge I'm fan. always huge fan indie indie legend. And uh, he goes, yeah, he, he called me about you. He goes, you know, he's interested in you for this part. Like, you know, the, the, he want to know if, like, what you were like worth. And I just say your praise. You're a great guy. He's like, you know, so you might be getting this offer soon. So I'm like, holy shit. And I'm waiting. I'm like, this, again, like Spike Lee for you. Yeah. Like Ed Burns for me. Yeah. Irish, you know, fucking come on, man. And they fucking, they, they want the guy that, you know, that albino guy with the light blue eyes oh, and the yes. white hair. Yes, Good that actor. guy. He's in everything. He's in everything. They gave it to him instead. Which, oh my god! Okay, well, so I'm a huge Ed Burns fan because I am a gigantic, like indie films of the '90s yes. fan. I just like I got obsessed. Do you remember back 185 years ago in New York? There was that Two Boots because I remember it was around <laughs> where I was living with Poncho. Yes, in the East Village. In the East Village, and it was like when I was roommates with Poncho, and they would have like directors like highlighted because it was like a pizza yes, place and movies, a video yes, rental yes. place. So I remember it was because of that because it was like I lived on like Second and B. It was like around the corner. They would highlight these indie film directors, and I would just go and I would just rent like everything they did. So I would have, spend a week watching like all Hal Hartley films, yes. or I would spend a week and I would watch all Ed Burns films. So yeah. I've been wanting to work with Ed for like so many years so when this kind of came up I was just like oh my god I would do anything to get yeah, to yeah, that's Burns. Incredible. I'm so excited that's incredible um, so yeah I have that coming out and then I have I think two films that I don't think I'm allowed to talk about that I'm about to do and then which means that they're we'll big see. films because 
They don't say that with indies. <laughs> with little indies, they're like, oh, don't like, tell please, people. Please tell everybody. Don't say one that you're doing out of order. <laughs> Exclamation point. Exclamation point. <laughs> mm. Do I sound bitter? Because I am. No, anyway. So that's incredible. So, and, and the Lyme disease, is it the rearview mirror now? We're kind of getting in the rearview mirror. Here's the thing. Lyme disease was wild. So I got finally diagnosed with it in the middle of 2021 after spending two years bedridden. Wow. Since 2002 and the 2021, yep. yeah. it took all that time that for a doctor time. to go... Oh, I think you have Lyme disease. You have Lyme disease. Yeah, because every other doctor before then said, oh, you know what, Kim? Women are tired. <laughs> or... <laughs> Or my You're getting older and women your age get tired. My favorite ever though. Should I hold for this? <laughs> they they won't hear it. They oh they won't? No, it's oh, because you've got like a really nice system. Yeah. I was holding for the helicopter. Yeah. Um okay, my favorite ever was <laughs> because this is just ridiculous. So I I like went to my acupuncturist who I was going to just not knowing why I was so exhausted couldn't yeah. get out of bed why I had fifteen migraine headaches every month like why I had all these broken bones like I just didn't understand and I showed up to this acupuncturist and like she immediately looks at me and it's like she's seen a ghost and she's like when did this happen and I'm like what are you talking about, what are you talking about? I'm fucking and she's hot. like. What are you Kim, you have Bell's palsy. The left side of your face is completely par- dropped. Like, what happened? You need to go to a doctor right this second. And I was like, dude, I'm really not trusting doctors these days. <laughs> and she's like, I don't care. You got to go. And I remember I went and like that doctor was very concerned. And he's like, yeah. okay, you're going to a neurologist this afternoon. And I go to the neurologist and literally what he said to me, he just looks at me and he's like, well, Kim... You know, getting older is hard for a lot of women. Uh, and I, I guess I, I'm here to say you're still very beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I would want to kick him in the ball so bad. So, I, yeah, I finally went to a doctor who wasn't an idiot and was just like, yeah, dude, sounds like you got Lyme disease. So let's do just some blood symptoms, tests. Let's figure like it Lyme out. Disease. Yeah, he's like, if it takes you three hours to get out of bed, something's wrong. Yeah. So let's figure it out. So um, I've done a lot of treatment. I'm sure there's still more to come. But now... Um, you know, I don't have the energy I had when I was 20, but also like, I think I was kind of a psychopath at 20. Like I had the energy to do 8,000 things. Like I kind of like, when I think of myself, like when you met me, I kind of think of it as like, did you ever see that movie election with Reese Witherspoon? I feel like I really had her energy in my life where she was like, I was just constantly doing things all the time. Like I never took a break. I never took a rest. Um, and I just think I'm probably much easier to be around. Now, yeah, yeah. I'm a little more laid back. You, 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 you have a soft quality that you didn't have when I met you in <laughs> yeah, the poncho. Yeah, probably dance. pretty abrasive. Pretty. Uh, yeah, I terrifying. thought I thought you had like a really. I remember thinking, she's kind of a bitch, but I was also kind of like, she's hot. Oh, she's a bitch fucker. Anyway, um, and not, but it's good. You're like a you're like a you know you're a grown ass woman now. You you understand your limits. You've you've been humbled. You're you're ta- you're probably. Even looking back, you're like you realize like how much more talented you are when you get older, which is such a weird oh, thing about for this sure. Business. I mean, that part's crazy. That part is really crazy. Which is that like just by being on this earth for a certain amount of time, you're going to inherently be more interesting so and much more, more grounded, yeah. and there's so much more you can yeah. use. And also, it, it, just doing it now. I don't know about you, like. 
I enjoy it more than I did when I was 20. Like, I love acting. Oh, yeah. I yeah. love it so much. Yeah. So I, like, I don't, I mean, I know the business, it can be kind of crazy, but I really just choose not to focus on that part of it. No. It's just like, you know, anyone who's still doing it at this point, like, it's just like, wow, you got some really great stories and you're probably a pretty interesting person, yeah, I think. And you have something that you can tap into that will give you any emotion you want. At a second's ever. notice. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, listen, Kim, I'm so glad you came. You're such a fascinating person and uh, I'm so glad that we got to see each other again after all these years. I know. And where can people find you and find your work? I mean, first of all, just look her up on IMDb and she's got su- such a great wealth of work out there. Such a great actress. You're going to love her if you haven't seen her or anything. And uh, where can people find you on the socials? Uh, Miss Kim Director. Miss Kim Director. I love it. I look forward to your upcoming work, Kim. Thanks, Thanks for coming Phil. by. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.